Hi, this is Dr. Stephen V, and you're listening to the Take Care and Live podcast. Well, welcome back, everybody. Glad to connect with you today. As always, much appreciation to you for tuning in to the Take Care and Live podcast. I hope this content, if you are a continuing listener, that's the way you say it. If you're a continuing listener, I'm glad that you have tuned in and continue to tune in. And I hope that you are also liking and subscribing to this podcast and that you have invited at least three other people to listen in to the content from this podcast if you found it helpful. Um, I really am grateful to continue our conversation on peripheral influence. In the last episode of this podcast, I named for us this one truth, and that is you have peripheral influence, meaning you have the ability and you will impact people who are not a part of your intended audience or target audience, but who are on the sidelines, on the outskirts, on the margins of what you are doing, who you are being, what you are teaching, what you're demonstrating. You will have people who are on the outskirts and on the sidelines who will be impacted by the things you have intended for your target audience. Okay, today I want to dig a little bit deeper and the best way I can describe it is to describe it as requirements for peripheral influence. Right. That is the things that need to be in place in order for peripheral influence to have any lasting effect, because, yes, I'll say it again. You do have peripheral influence. But while you have peripheral influence, in order for it to be impactful, there must be a specific level of personal readiness in the person on the periphery that produces a change in their beliefs and or behaviors as they are observing on the sidelines, as they're listening in from the margins. Peripheral influence is an overflow of the benefits you originally planned for your intended audience. I'll say that again. Peripheral influence is an overflow of the benefits you originally planned for your intended audience. So you plan for strong delivery for your intended audience, for your target audience, because you never know where the impact will fall. Okay, you never know how far it will go. So you want to execute it well. Okay. And I always say this and talk about, you know, doing something well to the best of your ability, prepare, prepare, prepare. I didn't say perfect, 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 because there is no perfection. We're flawed people. We make mistakes and we also biased in our own perception of what is, uh, described as good or perfect. But I am saying you want to plan for strong delivery for your intended audience because you never know where its impact will fall. So while you 
um, while you're doing what you do, while you are the one setting conditions, hoping to get a, a specific response or change specific behaviors or make a particular impact with your target audience, you'll find that peripheral influence is not um, under your control like you'd hope, right? Uh, peripheral influence is far less reliant on your hustle and effort, okay? You commit that energy to doing well to your intended audience, but your peripheral influence is far less reliant on your hustle and effort. The peripheral impact of your influence is partial, partially your responsibility because of your key responsibility being to your target audience, right? So you may offer insight and goods and services, but the people who are on the sidelines observing, listening in, gleaning what it is that they're hearing as they're on the margins, on the periphery, it is up to them to take a hold of what they have caught and apply it um, and experience the change benefits that it has to offer. For peripheral influence to be of any consequential value to the people on the margins, on the outskirts, they must be cognitively receptive to what is seen, heard, or read during the encounter. For peripheral influence to be of consequential value to people on the margins, on the outskirts, it must be cognitively, they must be cognitively receptive to what is seen, heard, or observed or read during the encounter. If it carries no relevance for them, it will add no value to them. So what you teach, how you lead, who you are, and how you engage others in order for it to be of any impact peripherally, that is to impact people beyond your intended or target audience, there must be an alignment between what they are observing and their specific context or state of mind. There has to be what I describe as a certain level or particular degree of personal readiness. Okay. Peripheral influence is an overflow of what you've planned for your um, target audience. Peripheral influence is not something you can control because you don't know where it will land and with whom it will fall beyond your target or intended audience, right? And for those on the outskirts, uh, on the sidelines, observing, in order for them to experience any benefit from what they observe, there must be a particular degree of personal readiness. Now, this personal readiness involves two critical pieces, timing and geography. All right. In order for personal readiness uh, to show itself up, there has to be uh, timing and geography accounted for. Let's talk about timing. When we talk about timing being one of the critical elements of personal readiness that makes people um, accessible to your peripheral influence uh, of what you're saying, doing, or being, we're talking about them being at the right place at the right time. And as a result of them being at the right place at the right time, they are accessible to what it is you're saying, teaching, how you're being, how you're leading, whatever it might be. And it creates for them uh, uh, an opportunity to be changed by the experience. Let me give you an illustration. 
Okay. There was a woman uh, who was asked to give a keynote uh, to a crowd of single moms at a gala in Los Angeles. And she had been a single mother herself. She had become tremendously successful over time. But her message was particularly compelling to this audience of single moms as she talked about the challenges of being a single mother herself, the lack of access to family and friends nearby, uh, the loneliness she felt and the financial difficulty she faced and experienced as a result of not having help from her children's father, who actually lived relatively close, but had not provided financial support uh, for his children since the divorce. As she shared her story, the general manager who ran the event where the gala was being held stopped by to check on what was going on in the event, you know, check up on his team to make sure things were going well. And as he had come in, the woman who was given the keynote was just beginning to describe the pain and burden of the absence of her children's father, the impact that the father's absence from the children's lives was creating, the void his absence was creating. And the general manager himself had been divorced from his wife for eight years with whom he had three small children at the time. And he had not spoken to his ex-wife or seen his children since the divorce. And hearing the woman's story, he was convicted. He was strongly convicted, so much so that he found himself in that very moment as he heard this story as someone who was on the periphery, who was not the intended audience, as he heard this story, he was compelled to call his ex-wife, apologize for abandoning the family and the children. And though it was difficult, over time he got back involved with the life of his children. He developed a healthy relationship with them. And he also developed a great relationship with his ex-wife, so much so that they remarried. So all of this happened simply because he happened to be in the right place at the right time. He happened to be on the periphery of what was meant for a specific audience at a specific time, but coincided with his timing uh, for checking in on his team who was running the event. And because of how he responded, we know it coincided with his cognitive and emotional state. The cognitive and emotional state he was in at the time. Right. He possessed at that moment the personal readiness for change in this area of his personal life that he didn't even know he needed. Because a relevant message that was meant for one audience was accessible to him as he was minding his own business on the sidelines. So we talk about personal readiness where that's an example of how timing uh, is a part of the personal readiness needed for the person to be impacted by what it is you're saying, doing or being as someone who's on the periphery, even when uh, what it is they're witnessing wasn't initially intended for them. The second part to that personal readiness is geography. When we talk about geography, we're talking about your physical location or the physical location or contextual location, meaning their current um, or recently lived experience that makes your potential influence 
that is what you're saying or doing or being uh, to, to your intended audience makes it palpable for them as people who are on the margins, right? Because they because it coincides where they may be physically and contextually. Maybe it's a recent experience that they've had that aligns with what it is they're seeing and witnessing as you deliver or um, are who you are to your intended audience that creates this um, awakening of a, a similar experience that they may have had um, and that opens them up to be influenced by what it is you're offering. Here's another illustration. Let's say, for example, I'm walking in New York City, passing a wonderful restaurant uh, that has its windows wide open like they usually do in nighttime um, when there's a, a great service. Uh, they'll, these great, beautiful restaurants have big windows. The windows are open. And so I'm walking uh, in the city, passing by um, one of these restaurants and have the opportunity to see what's going on inside as I'm passing by on the outside. And as I'm walking by, I'm observing great service from the waiter and the hostess. And I find myself paying close attention to how the, the hostess and the waiter are treating other customers because I had recently gone to a restaurant where the service was less than stellar. And so I began to recall that the place I went to um, the waitress didn't listen carefully to my order and got everything that I ordered wrong and that the hostess um, had me waiting a long period of time before I even got a table. All of that flood, all of that started to flood back to me because I, as I was observing this new experience as someone on the periphery looking into this beautiful restaurant from the outside and witnessing how customers were treated um, by that host and that attentive waiter, I made a connection and I noticed how responsive the waiter, the host was um, to the people who were coming in the restaurant, right? New people were coming into the restaurant and the host was attentive, looked at the schedule, got them to seats very quickly. I looked as waiters were leaning in to listen to customers who were sitting at the tables, being patient with them as they were peering through the menu, um, even leaning in. Uh, it looked like they were making recommendations for them um, if they were struggling with deciding what to get. That experience of, of observing that extraordinary service from the waiter and the hostess at this restaurant I was walking by resonated with me because of my own recent encounter. Uh, and so I was not only in the right place at the right time, right, to observe a different pattern of behavior, contextually, it resonated with me because I had a similar experience. And as a result, it helped to shift my generalized impression of hosts and waiters in restaurants that I was sticking to because of my negative experience, right? I exemplified the personal readiness to embrace a new perspective because I happened to be in the geographic location where I saw something different than what I had experienced and that aligned with an, um, uh, the right time uh, and space that I was in physically, but also cognitively. I was cognitively and emotionally receptive to the encounter 
um, by way of my own lived experience, right? So that's really important. So the visual messaging of that experience that I saw as a bystander or as a someone on the sidelines awakened something in me and ended up uh, positively reshaping my expectations of what could be um, or what I could look forward to at a restaurant. So remember, the actual restaurant experience I observed was not intended for me. I was not on the hostesses or, or the waiter's radar, but I was geographically accessible to the moment, both in location and context. So what's my point? My point here is this, that your peripheral influence should not be underestimated. And in fact, we want to aim and plan to make a significant impact and as a significant impact as possible with our target audience or our intended audience, however you want to put it, because the higher the quality of the engagement with our intended audience, the more likely we are to um, have an unexpected benefit, positive benefit on those who we, we may never know or meet as they are minding their business on the side, on the sidelines, on the outskirts, on the periphery. Which leads me to ask some of these questions of us. And I ask them of myself as I ask them of you. You know, in what ways do you need to attend to your intended audience more intentionally? In what ways do you need to attend or give attention to your intended audience more intentionally? Is there an element of your presentation that you need to refine so that it sticks with a lot more clarity? Are there practices in leadership amongst your team that you need to demonstrate more or manage more effectively? Which are they? How do you plan to adjust? Is there a need to demonstrate more empathy? Is there a need for you to be more direct in your communication? What does either of those shifts to your approach need to look like? Do you need to be intentional about asking your children questions and asking them more questions rather than giving directives? Which of your children do you need to do this with most? When do you intend to get that started? These are just some of the things to consider as you and I embrace the reality that while we may be working to serve one specific audience, we are actually cultivating the behaviors, the perceptions and experiences of a guest list and an audience whom didn't sign up for what it is we have to offer. But if the conditions are right, if the timing and geography are aligned, if they possess the personal readiness for what they are witnessing from you, they can be beneficiaries of what you have to offer. And the exposure um, to you and from you as people on the sidelines can actually be life changing. So I want you to take that with you as you continue to own the reality that you have peripheral influence because what you do, how you act, what you say matters and carries a level of weight that you don't even imagine or can't even imagine is possible.
It can make the difference, not just in one, not just in two, not just in three, but multiple numbers of people's lives. So take that with you this week as you go ahead, honor your peripheral influence, honor your target audience by delivering and being what you are supposed to be to the best of your ability so that the impact becomes an overflow many others can benefit from. Do that as you take care and live. Thank you for stopping by this episode of the Take Care and Live podcast. I really hope you enjoyed it. If you would, like the podcast, subscribe to it, tell a friend, and even write a review so others know just how much you enjoyed the show. I'm looking forward to connecting with you again. And in the meantime, take care and live.